This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by duckfeed.tv forward slash store and duckfeed.tv forward slash tip jar, two places where respectively you can buy episodes of uh, Abject Suffering and other shows that we've done, um, premium episodes that cost a couple bucks, but they are all very good. And you can also go to the store and buy music and books and all kinds of cool stuff, uh, stickers, ringtones, all that stuff. So head on over there and uh, I'll see you on Desilus. My son, these are dark times. Even though we have no choice, I have to ask you, are you sure you're ready for this responsibility? Yes, Elder. I, I'm ready to inherit the memories of the great mage named Lutz and fulfill the prophecy. I will defeat the Dark Force. Then place your hands on this orb vessel and seize your destiny. Oh. Uh, my, my son, my son, what is it you see? It's important that you embrace everything. Oh, power. So, so much power. The the weight of lifetimes presses on me. My, my every nerve courses with the elemental forces that bind us. Uh, what else do you see? Please be specific. I've... I'm, I've got a memory. I, I'm young. I'm, I'm alone in the academy, and I think, yes, I'm, I'm conjuring an image. Oh, with my hand, there's a, in my hand, there's a, a, a wand. No, no. A, t- t- tell me what it is, Lutz. Uh, I, I'd rather not. Ah, this is imperative for the fate of Algo. You must say. I'm, I'm, pleasuring myself. <laughs> oh. I'm going, I'm going faster and, and faster. Oh, oh, the power is overwhelming me. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna, and I've, oh no, it's, it's all over the floor. No, no. Uh, um, What memory is next? Oh no, 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 this, this, this one is still going. I, I look, I look across the room at a, at a robe and I'm embarrassed. I think, I think I can clean it up before, before my friends, Uh, but, but instead I, I, I rub my my product into the carpet with my foot. <laughs> that that is that is vile, my oh, son. Oh, I... that's not all. One thousand jerk sessions are flooding into my consciousness. Oh, it's too much. Uh, it, it is too much. Uh, it is all right. Please unhand the orb. Oh, over the eons, my tastes get more particular. I, you, you know, I thought I was into this, and now I'm not. Uh, Scribe, could you please stop writing? Uh, and and some... oh, oh, at one point I develop a fetish for people with the name Jeffcoat. Uh, upon seeing a housemaid prepare a snack by squeezing a small dot of sriracha into the divot at the center of a cheese, it I just I just have to walk out onto the balcony overlooking the square and crank it so so right. Oh, no amount of chafing could have stopped me. Son, my daughter's <laughs> name is Jeffcoat. Where's the Mystic Hammer, Munshala? I will destroy this orb. Oh, eventually even the feeling of deja vu would rev my fell engine. Oh, I'm so powerful that only I can satisfy me. Uh, the, the hammer's <laughs> in the case. Who has the Ooh, keys? There's this, there's this woman. Uh, we're standing around her and we're all wearing we're all wearing different animal masks. And oh, our units are in our hands. And she's hovering over this strange contraption. Oh, Lutz knows this as the, the obsidian bottom boat. And then... and then raise my hammer and crush the orb. Let Algo be damned!
shattered orbs. That gets me going so right, so, so right. Hey, Elder. Hello. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro games podcast. Yep. And this is a continuation of our coverage of Fantasy Star 4, The End of the Millennium, uh, which is a JRPG developed and published by Sega in 1993 in Japan and 1995 in America. And we're just going to get right to it. Yeah. Uh, as is always the thing with our two-part episodes, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this in a vacuum, what's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, go back and listen to part one. Yep. We're about uh, one-third of the way through the game, but this last uh, kind of chunk of this moves pretty fast, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. So we were uh, we were heading to the uh, boy verbs or oh, nouns. K- K- um, which is the yeah, the, the, the other um, the other artificial satellite that controls the systems of these planets, um, opposite of Zelon. But we actually crash land uh, near a <laughs> temple on Dezolus. Yes. Uh, now Dezolus is this frozen winter planet. This is the ice biome, right? Um, but uh, even with that, it's uh, starting to get much much worse. Yes. Yeah. There, there's these like these blinding snows of like these huge ice walls being built up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so different towns are kind of locked away from each other, and we actually crash land directly on the holy place, like the <laughs> temple of this priest named Raja. Yeah, I um, like Raja a lot. Raja's really great. Like Raja is a really good character. He's um, an old man. He speaks entirely in dad jokes. Dad jokes that are not translated really well, so they don't read no. his jokes. It's just everybody just kind of reacts with the same cadence as if they're understanding his jokes, even though they don't make any sense to the player. Yep. Um, Dezulis is super interesting in the earlier games in the series. Hmm. Uh, when you run into these guys that have this kind of weird Dezulis face, um, it's either in two or one. Uh, they all lie, and you hmm. have to wear a helmet that makes them tell the truth. Oh, wow. So when you first arrive, everyone says the opposite of what is true, and you have to wear like a certain piece of gear hmm. to, uh, to do it. It's kind of neat. Um, here, like, you know, they've cleared up their weird lying disease. <laughs> um, so, uh, and now they're just, you know, regular people. Um, so you, you talk to, to Raja, you're like, how do I get off this planet? Because I still need to get to the Quran. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he says, hell, there's a, uh, there's, there's legend, uh, there's tell of a, uh, spaceship that is buried beneath the, uh, um, uh, this town of, uh, kind of Parmanian refugee, refugees called Tyler, you know, mm-hmm. Tyler, yeah, Tyler, um, Chaz. <laughs> yep. Um, and, uh, you know, he's he's old. He's a priest. Um, I think you destroy his temple. So he's like, ah, fuck it. I'll come with you. And it, man, yep. Raja parties. This, dude, yeah. this guy fucks. <laughs> this guy fucks. <laughs> this guy fucks, dude. Like, this guy is so, so up for anything. Yep. Like, it's real palate cleanser after that really emotional death. Just like, yep. This is like, this is the, the Final Fantasy VII snowboarding scene. <laughs> Is going and partying with Raja all the way down to the climate. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's that, that's actually a really good comparison. Raja fucks. Yep, Raja fucks. Um, and uh, Raja fucks shit up. Like he is the most effective healer in the game. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, 
Like he's it's it's he's what they did. They didn't replace. You know, we talked a lot about how they didn't really replace Alice, and they didn't in terms of her verb set, but they did kind of in terms of her effectiveness. Right. Because um, when Raja joins you, it's like this is the first time you have a dedicated healer that is really really pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, who can do full party heals pretty, you know, pretty on the regular. He has yeah. a couple of uh, uh, techniques or not techniques, the uh, the other one skills mm-hmm. that um, do full party heals. And they're, you know, you start out pretty limited. I think you have three, mm-hmm. but eventually you gain enough to, you know, five or six to actually use them with oh, some yeah. regularity. And also like he's a bottomless well of TP as well um, because yeah. uh, because he has this one skill, uh, Ataraxia, which uh, re- replenishes his, uh, his mana, which uh, yeah. is super useful. Yeah, which is pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. So like having Roger with you, like you're only a couple levels away from being able to heal fallen enemies. Um, mm-hmm. He gets those, he gets those techniques uh, well before Chaz and Rika do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, like, it's a pro get and it makes it like, it kind of makes the game trivial in a lot of ways. Like they, they bump up the difficulty a lot on Desilus, but like, you're right. They do replace Alice with something that is much more effective. Yeah. You know, for the for, um, for the threats that you're going to face here. Yeah. Um, so a near I think it's at a near it's not actually at the temple because the temple is just one room. You go to a right. nearby town yeah. uh, in Tyler, you talk to an information broker to try to find out about this uh the spaceport, mm-hmm. you know, where you can get a ship. Um and it's hidden under the statue of a Parmanian hero. Right. Is this from a previous game? This dude? I think it is, but I can't remember. Yeah, neither can uh, I. who it is. Yeah. Oh. Um, but like, you know, if you inspect this statue, like if you go right to it, it won't do anything. If you talk to this information broker, which is just like the Motavian one, um, that weird little menu problem, and ask about the legend, you'll learn where to look and kind of activate this uh, the stairway down uh, to get to this uh, the spaceport where you find your uh, your your ship that will kind of be your primary conveyance between the different planets. Um, I, I think this is another translation thing. I don't want to go right to like OLs replaced with ours, um, mm-hmm. but I'm going to have to. So the ship is called the Landale, and Rika says, "Oh, that is such a cool name." I can't. Th- I can't see anything with Dale in it being kind of cool. Like Dale's not cool. No. Yeah, like Dale Cooper kind of works in spite of that. Mm-hmm. Um, if this was called the Landare, that would have been pretty cool. Like oh, Landare Land- or, Land- or Land- Ra- Randar. <laughs> Randar. Hey, this is our spaceship. <laughs> this <ship> Randar. <laughs> um. Yeah. yeah, but now you, the cool thing is you have a ship, right? now and it's like it's not like it's not an airship no no you um, can't like it's it's not for intra-planet travel it's just to uh to jump around yeah but it's cool to have that kind of ability yeah. so now if you want to once this gets going you can go back to to motavia if you want to mm-hmm. yeah but you're kind of stuck here for just a little bit but you're like your first jaunt is to use this little uh um solar system menu to go to kiron this uh this other um false satellite um, which, as opposed to Zillon, is actually like a, a gigantic um, kind of combat dungeon. Yes. Yeah. And this is where they're easing you into upgrades for Ren. This right. is what we mentioned in the last episode. He is your combat droid, um, a character from Fantasy Star 3. And he is uh, there to uh, make you make the choice between high damage, single target, less damage, multiple mm-hmm. target yep. kind of things. Yeah. And uh, like some of these, like you'll just open up a chest and you'll say, oh, this is an upgrade module for me. And that just gets him a new uh, new skill. Yeah. Um, lest yeah. anybody correct us on this, when we say Ren as a character, he's the same model as the Ren um, from before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, is is part of the same. I don't know if he's like physically the same character, but like, you know, when you have AIs and infinitely replicating, like we're going to see other Rens here um, later in the game. Um, yes. But, uh, but like he is, he's very much like the same idea. 
I think it is meant to at the very least like evoke the same emotion. Right. You know, you're supposed to have that spark of familiarity. You're <laughs> like, oh, the, it's our buddy. The very you same know? lack of emotion. Yes, <laughs> I exactly. Love, I love the way Ren talks. <laughs> I like Ren too. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, so we're, we're kind of going through this long dungeon, uh, heading towards central control. Um, and Ren says, uh-oh, there's there's bad guys about. Yep. Uh, it must be that god that Zeo worshipped, Dark Horse. <laughs> yep. And uh, Rune recognizes this as, as well for uh, reasons yes. we're going to find out later. Um, but this gets you into like, you know, this game one-upping itself with bosses that just do way more damage to way more characters. Yeah. Like the boss fights don't fuck around. No. In this game. These boss fights fuck. And the, uh, <laughs> sorry. Dude, That's fourth time. This. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 it just works though, right? Like, <laughs> it really wouldn't does. You want, like, don't you want to play that? Like that game that was on the background, like <laughs> back of the box? Like, it's, just like, it's like it's like a pro tip like an item caption on a in a strategy guide as an all-purpose uh dispositive like man these chicken wings fuck <laughs> like it's so good it's like i like that active active verb quality to it <laughs> yeah. um so the, yeah the boss fights are not messing around so each at this point you know this is another area where i was really glad i was playing with save states mm-hmm. uh so i could save before the battle and not have to you know, because you can't save in dungeons. You can save anywhere in the Overland map. But. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was super happy. Like, if I was playing this without save states, without the ability to, like, just kind of camp out in front of a boss, like, I never mm-hmm. had to do it. But, like, if you're playing this on natural, I cannot even fathom the, like, the number of times that just kind of, like, you get a bad deal and all of a sudden you're doing so much stuff over again. You would just end up grinding more to avoid it. Yeah, which you know? is just another way to waste time. Yeah, it's bad. Grinding is bad. But that that that's how you would get around it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like the way Dark Force looks. Um, mm-hmm. Dark Force kind of ends up being a little bit like Genova, um, in that yeah. it's the same entity appearing over and over again, but it kind of has this very mutable physical form, um, and uh, kind of gets more and more sinister and fucked up looking as uh, as you go along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Rune is real cagey about like, hey, you know, how did you identify that so quickly? Um, but that is quickly papered over uh, when Ren gets Curon back online. And uh, the perpetual snowstorm that is kind of enveloping uh, Desilus doesn't stop. Yes, because Raja has been this entire time. He's been saying, like, no, it's not the climate control. It's Garu Burke Tower. <laughs> right. And no, no one listened to him because he's such a such a goofball. <laughs> but he's been saying it this whole time. And now we're like, he's like, I'm telling you, it's Garu Burke Tower. <laughs> um, but to move around and get to uh, the tower, uh, it actually takes a long time to get to the tower. We spend oh, most yeah. of this second act. Ignoring Raja. The, Ignoring Raja, but just making our way to the tower, right, and doing stuff with this tower. So uh, we need to actually be able to move through little glacier kind of ice walls. We need the ice digger. Hey, Dad, remember when when we went to the hypnotist and learned how to ignore Raja? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, ignore who? I'm a chicken, Um, Marge. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So uh, to get around to move freely beyond these ice walls um, in the spaceport, we find this ice digger, which is kind of a tough version again of these uh, land cruiser kind of things yes. and that's important because like once you get north of a certain like latitude line the enemies on the surface of desolus become really really difficult yes um it should be noted we don't think we mentioned in the last episode but the interface way that you use vehicles is you just select them like an item <laughs> right. um, this game could really have benefited from a key items section or a way to sort items right uh it makes selling things a real pain in the dick and mm-hmm. you can't sell multiple things at once like the interface stuff like all the things that would make this game kind of better there's a version of this that's like fantasy star 4 redacted mm-hmm. that just kind of fixes a lot of those little yeah. interface things that would be you know much better yeah and, and you know like just like down to like if you have multiple healing items like if you have like five monomates it's not like monomate 5x 
It's like monomate, monomate, yes. monomate, monomate, monomate. Yeah. Um, like all in a row on a menu that has like six rows on it. Monomate, 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 monomate. What's that sound? Monomate. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Uh, I can't turn the three town names into something that sounds uh, fantasy star-like. Yeah, I, I, they, they're all just nouns. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is. Uh, the interface is not, inventory stuff is not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually you find the ice digger, you find it in the spaceport. Yeah. Um, this is how we can kind of get through. Yeah, and this is just a like a, it's a key to these uh, to these walls. We weren't able to get past. There's a there's a there's a really great um, uh, optional dungeon. Not because the dungeon itself is great. Uh, this is a callback. Like muscats are a thing in the mm-hmm. previous uh, things. Like you find like the last vestiges of them. But when you get there, the elder figures like, oh, you're just these people again. So here have this item, which is an uh, a weapon for Rika that will do uh, a lot of damage against dark enemies. So like you're yes. gonna hold on to this for the rest of the game. Um, in order to just like make Rika somebody who will just tear through like the most predominant enemies you're going to find in some she dungeons. Kills it. Yeah, yeah, like she's she's super good. Also, when we see a muscat village, like this is an awesome cave full of talking cats. Okay, there we go. Like this is really great. Like, <laughs> you know, this is this is this is pretty fun because we're in like we're in Flavor Town. Like, this is Flavor Country when it comes to Fantasy Star Four because like you go, we just left there. We're we're hanging out with Raja who fucks. We go to the talking cat village. To eventually move over to Zosa, the town full of gigantic emperor penguins that people keep as pets. <laughs> I love this so much. It's, it's really good. Like it, this is, and there's, it's boy, it's useless. Like there's nothing you can rent a, a penguin just to have one follow you around. You get like a penguin rent boy. Yep, <laughs> it's your hype man. Yeah, <laughs> like I want a penguin hype man. Yep. He goes away if you go inside any houses. Like it doesn't confer any benefit. Um, what's great, like it's a trivial amount of money that they charge you for it. And there's like an NPC. Like NPCs have different dialogue when you're walking around with a gigantic pen- penguin in your party. Um, and one of them says like, "Oh, it's useless," but that's what makes it great. I love that so much. <laughs> it's senseless. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's senseless, but that's what happens, man. <laughs> you, uh, I love when you uh, you buy the penguin candy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are things you go into. There's a place that sells like penguin chow. If you buy it, then as soon as you leave the shop, a penguin runs up and mugs you for it, like takes it and then like, runs away. So you can't actually leave with this penguin candy. And the whole time I was like, oh, man, there's going to be a weird penguin quest where I'm going to have to, like, keep one of these things with me and go to a dungeon. And it's going to, I don't know, like burrow through a wall or something. And it's like, no, all the penguins are confined to Zosa. It's just the coolest <laughs> town to live in. On Desolus. It's like living in uh, the like Key West when just all those Hemingway cats are given free reign of the town. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just get to like. I mean, it is. If I was gonna live somewhere on Van and on Desolus, it is a, a tribute that I don't know whether I'd choose Muscat Village or Zosa. Like they are both super badass. Yeah, I would totally go Zosa because I'm more of a bird guy than a cat guy. But I, see, I might go Cat Village just because it's indoors. Mm, yeah, like because uh, it is. Uh, Desolus, everyone's freezing to death. Yeah, so that's uh, you well, know they, seem, that's, they uh, seem pretty comfortable. This isn't one of the towns that is uh, that is uh, suffering very badly. You could uh, hollow out one of those penguins and walk around. Uh, as a penguin yeah i thought they were cute on the outside yeah i get rented yeah this is just like the least consequential stopover that ends up being one of the more memorable moments in the game mm-hmm. great because um, uh, we're, so we're on our way to uh the climate center yeah yeah and when you step in you fight a uh, guy Lagaya again um yes. and it's just another you know just a reprise of the of that boss um mm-hmm. showing that they're like mass produced which is scary um, and then this just ends up being like a medium sized tech dungeon that doesn't have too much special about it. 
Um, but again, we kind of get to this, you know, this rhythm that we fall into ever, you know, ever since we have, uh, kind of established the, these systems, like you go there and you fix it and it doesn't actually change anything. Yes. Which is kind of like, it's kind of weird from a pacing of the adventure thing, but I kind of like it thematically. Mm -hmm. The idea that, um, so, you know, we're dealing with a big, just, you know, big evil force, which is like an idea that. Culture like doesn't work for me is like a cultural thing that I don't respond very well mm -hmm. to in general. Um, and not like I need it to be eradicated from the earth. It just doesn't feel very resonant to me. Right. Um, but our characters are doing that are very Western in that they've kind of mechanized and automated so much of their society. Like the whole story is kind of like plays as this weird kind of progress versus magic or versus spiritualism kind of thing. Mm hmm where your characters are constantly being like, Oh no, this, this has a rational explanation and it never does. Right. You know, and it's kind of interesting just the amount of times that happens where it's like, we have control over this and it's like, no, this is bigger than you. <laughs> this is a big, you know, and I, again, I don't, it ruins the pacing. It's not necessarily a good thing. Right. It is an interesting thing though. And it commits to it really hard, mm -hmm. which I kind of like. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but when you get here, there's, again, you know, you have this Chaos Sorcerer, we have this Chaos Witch as well, this D-Elm-Lars, you know, Delm-Lars. <laughs> Which is just a non-issue fight. Like It's Dutch Elm. Yeah, <laughs> yep, Dutch Elm. Um, who are these people serving? Well, we're going to find out. Yes, yeah, at first, like, now it makes no sense. Right. Um, but yeah, this is a pretty easy fight. Mm -hmm. um, we can kind of continue through to explore here this is the first point where i was like we're not really sure there's kind of this middle section here where i don't really know what i'm doing mm -hmm. here like i was like i went there it didn't fix everything i'm not exactly sure how to get to, to garabuck and you just kind of have to explore right uh desolus is more exploration based yeah it's so like there, there's there. a long line of towns and like if you skip past them like you can get you can get into situations that you can't really get out of yeah well a lot of the towns are optional too yeah so like you had, had to wrestle here uh which is destroyed and snowed in and also everyone is a zombie right in what really feels like kind of a weird throwaway <laughs> kind of thing. This zombie, it's like, we got enough stuff we're working on right now, but like, <laughs> yep. we need a zombie, zombie town. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it's a little bit kitchen sinky. I think that that is kind of a setup for something that does kind of pay off when you get to Mies and you find oh, out sure. that like, Oh, it's on its way to be in like Reschel. Like, I just, it, I just mean in like terms of duplication of threats. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. yes, we have the, we have the climate threat. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. But in addition, on yeah, top yeah. of that, there's in addition, there's this, this plague, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it, it's definitely like you're getting fucked from all sides. Um, but uh, but Mies is kind of on its way here, and everyone is sick. And then like by stepping foot in here, Raja falls ill too. Yeah, and so Which Raja is, about is right, taken away. Like yeah, um, and kind of the same breath, we find out about this uh, girl named Kira who ran off to find the tower because again, people who are from Desolus understand that Kirabuk Tower is not a good, uh, not a good thing. And when you go to, you know, chase after her, you get into this hopeless boss fight against these carnivorous trees. Yes. Um, um, you, you can't win. You just have to run away eventually. Yeah. Um, so at some point, you know, using the talk command, again, this is the kind of weird middle where I wasn't exactly sure what to do. Mm -hmm. uh, someone said, like, we should try the Esper Mansion. Um, yeah. Which this, this is a big thing in the mythology. Right. Like Espers, Espers are, are a thing. Uh, and specifically, we're going to go find Lutz. Who is a thing? Lutz has appeared in uh, Fantasy Star One, Two, and uh, also uh, and maybe three. Mm -hmm. I can't remember, but he's a you know he's a and just in in one and two. No. But he's a big character. He's like a mythologic character. He's not a player character. Mm -hmm. It's like um, running into um, boy like Odin or like a, a Siegfried or something he's like that. He's like a, he's like a Merlin figure almost. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Elminster joins your party. Yeah, yeah. In, in a matter of speaking here in a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you go to the Esper Mansion, like, okay, we've got to we've got to figure this out. It's somebody who's been alive for two thousand years, right? And mm-hmm. understand, just a thousand years ago, pretty much everybody died. Yes. Um, and this is a this is a really big mystery, right? And so you go here, and you know, Esper Mansion is kind of like another academy training these you know gifted people. But when you you know everybody kind of like is deferential to Rune, um, because you know Rune's a boss. And when you walk in, um, kind of to the, the the depths of this, you know, to find Lutz himself, like Rune turns around and goes, "Ta-da!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm chosen to be the vessel for Lutz. Mm-hmm. Like Lutz is like a time vampire, like an Elizabeth Bathory figure who keeps, <laughs> uh, you know, hermit crabbing these young mages. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. you get this kind of like this myth, you know, myth uh, kind of cycle thing where there's always this cycle. Um, Lutz says, no, Chaz, you're my guy. You know, this is the time the dark force keeps coming back. We're going to try to defeat it once and for all. You're my, you know, there's always a Lutz. There's always a life, you know, lighthouse. And you are my hero for this. Right. So I'm going to get all Lutzed up and then I'm going to come with you. <laughs> it's like, well, I, I figured he was already, I, I thought he was already Lutzed up. Like he had already inherited Lutz's memories and powers. And that's why his ability to cast magic and stuff was so remarkable. I, th- like, I think you're right. I was getting confused with the timeline. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. <laughs> which is, which is great because like, Hey, we're bound by fate and you fucking hate me. Yeah. Shorty. <laughs> <laughs> Pip squeak. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. Um, but, uh, it was like, okay, like you could have told me like not in here. <laughs> In front of everybody. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of weird thing, but like we're gonna end the cycle. We're gonna end the dark force. Um yes. and uh, in order to do this, you know, Gumbius Tower is or sorry, <laughs> Garibig Tower yeah. is the uh is is the way to get uh to stop this, but we have to get the torch from Gumbius Temple. G- G- Gumbius Temple and <laughs> it's all everything sounds like Steve Brule trying to say proper nouns. <laughs> um so yeah, we need to get that that holy torch. Like we're just getting MacGuffin after MacGuffin. Right. Here. It's pretty goofy. <laughs> yeah. Um, they don't want to give us at the uh, the Gumbius Devil. They don't want to give it to us until uh, until it's stolen. So we have to go get it back. Um, <sighs> there is kind of a concept dungeon. Yeah. That yeah. Like, has a gimmick if we want to go to it. So if we want to power up Ren. Um, we can go to this weapons plant, <laughs> um, which is kind of good. And it's like a good idea. He's going to be with us for the rest of the game. Right. Um, and the, the kind of concept of this uh, pretty tough dungeon is that there are conveyor belts. That you have control over. Yeah. So you can uh, shift their direction. They have like multiple states. Like it's not just on, off or left or right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, and you can do this at any time. Like uh, as long as you have as- uh, access to Desilus, just the earlier that you do it, the more you can benefit from what you get here. Right. But it is tougher. Yeah. Um, you end up, you go to Gumbius <laughs> and uh, the priest is like, you cannot take our torch, um, which is like, makes sense. Like, you know, we have a bad track record with temples here. Uh, but then these three rich witches show up. And say, like, you know, hey, come to Air Castle. You'll fight a familiar foe. Yeah, speaking Lay specifically ship. to Rune. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Rune, like, because Rune is actually, I misspoke earlier. You play as uh, uh, Lutz in Fantasy Star 1. Okay. He's around. Yeah. Um, so you uh, you actually deal with him. Mm-hmm. He's one of your party members. So it's, again, a big deal that he's here. Mm-hmm. Um, says, hey, come to the Air Castle. Air Castle also means something to people who know fantasy star because it is the final dungeon of fantasy star one yeah so it's this piece of parma that has kind of like survived in this weird vacuum bubble um in space right yeah and uh we're fighting this familiar foe uh Lafrique by chic um yes yep 
<laughs> in order to make this uh you know just like to, to, to get this thing back so like this is kind of like the definition of being like side-roaded into something that has nothing to do with anything aside yes. from like the previous game this and is where it's not paying respect to you no uh, doing a very good job it's also like all of that idea of like the planet blowing up and there being a castle that's floating on an asteroid like mm-hmm. that's all pretty cool yep um what actually happens is Definitely the place where I would have quit if I wasn't doing it for the show. Right. Um, I, this is one of the worst uh, JRPG dungeons I've ever dealt with, mm-hmm. uh, the Air Castle. Um, and it does everything wrong that a JRPG dungeon can do. Let's so, go through the things it does wrong. So, so let's let, let's enumerate this um, yes. because it is it is pretty egregious. So, the, one of the most common enemies um, that you fight here are these dimension worms um, that are kind of like puddings a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. In that, no matter how strong you are, no matter how much you have kind of like uh, beefed up, unless you're fighting with uh, with uh, Rika and her dark tusk or whatever, um, mm-hmm. no, they just like make battles last several more turns than they ought to. Um, yes. And so, like that is automatically kind of like piling insult on or uh, injury on top of the uh, the random battle insult, right? Yes, yeah, and it's a very frequent uh, enemy. Um, the dungeon itself is multiple layers with multiple entrances where you leave and go outside and go back inside. Mm-hmm. Very complicated castle. Yeah, um, and I think it. I mean, it's been a long time since I played Fantasy Star One, but I think it's the same layout. Hmm. Uh, but putting the the end boss of a Nintendo generation or end dungeon of a Nintendo generation JRPG like two thirds the way through your 16 bit JRPG with it, like ignoring all of the progress kind of, that was made. Yeah, progress, ease of use, like things like that is asinine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tons of dead ends, really, really confusing, like layout, like. And, and because it has multiple floors and multiple places where you go in and out, mm-hmm. a map is not very useful for this. Oh, no. Uh, the way I got through it, and I hate doing this because it's really boring, is just literally reading a fact. Yeah. Like, go, you know, go south until you get to a junction. Take a left for a little while, then take the first right. Like, I just read it like it was, you know, Waze telling me how to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was so, like, broke my immersion, and it was so tedious. Yeah. Uh, to get through something that I didn't like um, was that there are uh, places where like I I could just proceed to where the goal is but there's Mm -hmm. some kind of destruction or something that makes it so I have to take like literally the longest route possible yeah there's a way to design like where you go around that route but you don't feel like just kind of like well fuck yeah um, as you as you kind of like step up into it and so like the way that I would have liked to have seen this is like uh, you ever played uh, Dead Space 2 uh no yeah. Um, there's a section of Dead Space 2 where you like go back to kind of like the dry docked ship from uh, Dead Space 1, but it's like much okay. shorter, right? Um, like use the destruction to like shorten this to make it like not as exhaustive and shitty of a dungeon, but still give you like the taste and flavor of it. And like yeah, actually like, show like that the this is like the station in Resident Evil 3. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like that would have been an amazing way to do it. However, here it's just kind of like leading into this whole dead end tedium that doesn't feel like it adds much of anything. It feels like it's mostly just air. I mean, not to, you know, say, the, uh. the, like, yeah, I, mean, I that was not intentional. But, oh, like, there's just, <laughs> there's just... There's just nothing in there. Yeah, it's it's um it's really boring. You're also... 
you're fighting very tough enemies, but the power curve is outpacing you. Mm -hmm. So the rewards feel too slight. Yeah. Like we're approaching the point where there are, we start running out of things to buy. You know, yeah. like it, it's there's still some equipment that you need to get, but there's not very much. So you're getting a lot of money that you don't need for anything. And you're not getting enough experience to uh, to really keep pace with the, you know, like this never became easy. Mm -hmm. uh, no part of this, even though I gained tons of levels because I was here forever. Right. Um, so this is one of those games like there are different kinds of there are JRPGs where it feels really good to level up and you feel much more powerful. This is not one of those. No, uh, you feel slightly more powerful. Yeah. When you like, level up. And, and leveling up like it mostly just benefits boss fights. Like, yeah. you know, when you get there, like I have more uses of this of this skill and that is like a marked difference um, in the moment to moment, like just the regular kind of like chaff of the game. It doesn't make that much of a difference No. Yeah. So it is just it is just really, really too tough, too long, too confusing. Yeah. Um, the reason why you can't is kind of the and frustratingly, when you're talking about the thing with the the solution being right in plain sight, it starts out with that mm -hmm. because there's you have to actually get down to the basement of this thing. But there are three uh, illusions of these witches that are in your way. So you have to find the original. And that's the really, you know, <laughs> we have to go through everything. Um, luckily, there is a save point or not a save point. There's a in point. There's like a sleeping bag point. Yeah. halfway through this yeah um which is maybe the only time that happens like it's I, pretty rare I'm, I'm fairly confident to say that that is the only time that happens yeah, yeah. um and you want to hang out there and grind for a while because these three witches are so hard yes they are um, um <laughs> so what's crazy about this like this is this is a cool fight because like it is a group of enemies that are using your uh com like like a combo attack against you yeah. So like when all three of them are up, they can do this thunder strike attack that uh, that does a tremendous amount of damage to everybody in your party. And like the way that you want to open this, your gambit should be like focus fire on one of them um, yes. in order to like take away their ability to do that. Use, you know, use your highest uh, level skills, etc. Yeah. And just see what you can't do to to get one of these guys down. Even once you get them down, it's still hard and you want everyone to kind of survive up until that point. Right. Um, you know, and again, it was, we mentioned Raja just got sick. Like we're going into a really hard boss fight without our mega healer. Right. Um, this yeah. is, this is so yeah. hard and, and so, really frustrating. You know, like our fallback from that is to kind of like rely on Chaz and Rika to yeah. use the heal. Uh, and there are bigger, da biggest damage dealers. <laughs> right. So like it's, it's kind of insult to injury. Not only are you kind of like fighting, you know, against that entropy of having everybody die, you know, like just that, that constant drag, you're losing the ability to end the fight prematurely. Yeah. So when I was talking about how the game last episode, I talked about how the game doesn't do a good job of like being mindful of your party composition. This is where I felt it. Yeah. Like I don't like my healers are my damage dealers. Mm -hmm. um, I just can't do everything you need to do in a fight in a single turn. Yeah. Easily. And the, the real fuck you, like the thing that like is so frustrating to me is that this is just there's another dungeon right after it. <laughs> yep. That's you. You were just doing this to get into the basement, which is another dungeon. Yeah, which is another dungeon, which is a, a very irritating kind of dungeon where it's a it's a it's a three dimensional one, um, and there are a lot of like one way kind of drop kind of things. Yeah, going on. Um, so it's kind of cool that you can see the layout of the thing below you in the background. Like, okay, I'm down for it, but like, just the just it, like end it, please. <laughs> it is yeah it is excruciating and it's not the end of the game no and like it's it's uphill from here which is weird <laughs> like <laughs> this is definitely the low point of the game but it's so frustrating yeah um and just like it, do it doesn't add up to anything like uh, for somebody who uh, is a series veteran and like understands like oh this is you know kind of like consequential to the entire cosmology of this place like i understand what the air castle and lashik is like maybe mm -hmm. it's cool to go back here but like you could have lost this without any consequence 
Well, it, it's it's taking what it's doing is it's you're doing the thing that you get nostalgic about about these old uh, JRPG dungeons mm-hmm. is not like the layout and tedium of the final dungeon. No. Right. So like <laughs> I love the you know, I, I know the the final moon dungeon of Final Fantasy four really well. Yeah. If you just transplant transplant that into a new game without doing anything, I would hate it. After like, years. The thing I, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't want that. The, uh, <laughs> I like the thing you so much. <laughs> I I know, man. This is that's what you, gotta, you guys want to hear. This yeah. run that Final Fantasy show so we can argue about Final Fantasy Five and After Years. <laughs> I only played the first episode of After Years, okay. which I I didn't love. I didn't go further than that because like I wasn't super into it. Yeah, but uh, uh, I it, would I would truck the idea that it gets better. Yeah, it uh it, it's it's super cool. Um, yeah. I, I I like what it does with that world's kind of like lore and mythology. Um, and the way that it just like just fucks with the kind of like the uh, the, the overall uh, kind of cosmology of the first six games. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would buy it. Like yeah. I said, it's just it's just that first uh, the first thing where it was like Final Fantasy four babies. Yep. It's like everyone's <laughs> getting together like that bummed me out. Yeah. And I yeah. Continue. I guess that continue um, with uh, with PS4 stuff. Yeah. I ended up playing it like right when it came out, too. So it's oh, like yeah. there was a, it was also episodic. So like maybe I would have kept playing it if the new episode was out. Mm, yeah. Um. But anywho, um, like I don't want to go through the moon again. Right. You know, is my point. Like it's not the layout of these dungeons that's good. Like it's very hard for me to think of a good 16-bit dungeon. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a couple of them. You know, like Magic Factory is good. Mm-hmm. There, you know, the the Fairy Cave, which you mentioned before, that's good. Like there are good ones. Yeah. They're just rare. Yeah. Um, so don't don't bang on my nostalgia for something that is a necessary <laughs> evil. Game. Right. Um, you get down to this chest and it has a fake uh eclipse torch in it, this item you need. <laughs> It's such a fuck you. And then you fight uh, Leshek or Leshek, who is the end boss of Fantasy Star One. Right. Um, and like this is again continuing the uh, the trend. It's mostly massive damage all attacks. Yeah. Um, and like this is uh, kind of one of those things where like you're hoping for the status the status effect of fire because like if you puts you to sleep, you, you know Yahtzee. That's just gravy. Yeah. Like that's a free turn where you can recover. He he only has three attacks. Yeah. He has like uh, one, you know, thing that hurts everybody for tons of damage. One thing that hurts everybody for a little bit and sleep. Right. Like he's he's like he came from the first game with all <laughs> his moves intact. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he tries to destroy the torch, but Rika with her Newman um, Kakarol skills uh, takes it away. And then Lachik melts, promises to come back. He does like the whole Zeromas thing. Like as long as there is evil in the world, I will be here. But yes. then Air Castle blows up. Yeah, so so fuck you, buddy. <laughs> um, so you have this thing. You eventually uh, head back to town. You talk to the temple. The temple's like, "Yeah, you can you can borrow it." Um, <laughs> in a very weirdly like administrative scene, <laughs> like yep. even the even the negotiating for like if we get this thing back, can we borrow it? And, like it's it's very like mechanical. <laughs> Is there a requisition form I can sign? Exactly. <laughs> um, um, yeah. If you go talk to Raja, um, he says like, "I told you so." Yeah. That's real good. Like that. uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, this torch is what you need to kind of burn down these uh, these carnivorous trees. Um, and in doing so, you free this uh, this Esper girl named uh, named Kira, who is like Alice, um, except, uh, you know, uh, only only insofar as she uses a slasher. But I did mm-hmm. not find her that useful. No, Kira is pretty weak. Yeah. Like, I, I, I agree with you. I did it's, not get it's a It's like the red mage problem, almost. Like, she does a lot of stuff, but, like, nothing, like, that you can actually, like, yeah. rely on her on. And when you have a party with Chaz and Rika, who are also kind of red mages, it's like, I really, really need somebody who's, like, like you know, good deep in the paint, you know? Yeah. 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 The uh, the kind of character class delineation is not great and kind of hurts here as well. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So this gets you access to Garibur Tower, um, which is a fantastic dungeon. Yeah. I dig this. <laughs> yeah, this is really cool because it is a tower made of skin. Yep, it's a Contra level. <laughs> yes, which I which is really, really good. Like the last couple dungeons we're gonna deal with are actually pretty good. The final dungeon's really cool too. It looks mm-hmm. like it's out of earthbound. Yeah. Uh, to me, that kind of trippy, uh, <laughs> trippy dungeon. But yeah, this is this is uh, you know, the organics are taking over right here. Um and, super, super gross. And this is something that uh the Dark Force does. Like he has gotten biomass from somewhere else, you know, and yes. like this is kind of grown and mutated and twisted out of people that he has corrupted. So is it metal, Gary? It's pretty metal. Okay. It's it's flesh. Um, the uh, used to be metal. Uh, you end up uh, kind of the gimmick here is these different switches that kind of block your way forward. Yeah. That uh, make the the floor moves. You can reveal yourself. It reveals itself in different ways. Everything is organic. Even the treasure chest are being like covered in goo. Mm-hmm. So even knowing what something's going to do when you click on it is kind of a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you get to the top, yeah. um, you find Dark Force again, and Chaz is like, "What? I thought we killed you." Uh, but no, it's uh, it's not that simple. And this is a harder fight. You don't have Raja mm-hmm. um, with you. And this is a harder version of Dark Force. Right. But uh, eventually you do kill him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which causes the tower to explode. I would much rather the tower just sloth apart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like all the muscles fall off the bone. Yep. Like, like a nice pot roast. <laughs> you don't even need a fork. <laughs> yeah. You don't even need a fork for Karabuk Tower. <laughs> tower of ribs. <laughs> <laughs> I would eat at the Tower of Ribs. I would probably eat at the Tower of Ribs, too. I love, um, one of my favorite objects in the world is those Euro Towers. Oh, yeah, like the Donaire like kind of cone things. Yeah, those spinning Euro, like, tubes of meat that just, like, spin hypnotically. <laughs> glowing orange, like, what a weird, you know, and that's the kind of thing that, like, uh, it would be like a Star Trek food thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, in 10 Forward, there'd be, like, the tube of meat that, like, Dinan just, like, hawks off a slice. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, you know, the, like I say this like it would be a hard thing to do. I wonder if I could talk myself into getting behind the counter and actually using the uh, the knife to shave some off. Hmm. Like that seems like it'd I, be a really fun thing to do. I would like to do that before I die. Yeah, I could, I could put I could put like close proximity to Euro Tower on bucket list. <laughs> yep. I mean, operate on Euro Tower. Like actually, yeah. like use this as a as a thing. Um, like so, let's put that up there with fire a T shirt cannon in totally achievable dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, Euro Tower cannon. <laughs> Like open wide, yeah, we can we can do both. Oh, Gary, oh, I'm so hungry wide, for euros. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go get food and possibly euros after this. I'm hungry as well. Mm. Um, this is an aside, but and it's also old internet news. Um, have you seen that Comic Con Rick and Morty thing? That's the transcript of the oh, word base? suck my dick, fuck man. Yes, that's <laughs> so good. I've listened to that like ten times. It's really good, and the reason it's good. <laughs> I was thinking about this because I was like, it's like I was reading that transcript when the court case first came out, and it's like this is so great. It's I love uh, when people are uh, trying to stay composed and can't come up with good insults. Yeah, like there's there's so many things the judge says, mm-hmm. where he's like, you know, you, you you got a big mouth, you're gonna need a big mouth for this dick. He's like, yeah, I'm proud of it. I got a big mouth. I'm proud of my big mouth. <laughs> and it's just like he's just saying something because he's backed into a corner and has to say something. Yeah. He's not, that's not an insult. You should just like, call him the bailiff. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. And there's it's a really section where they though. do where they do the breakfast club thing. Like everything yeah. you say gets 10 more days on your sentence. Exactly. Well, that's really early on. That's yeah. even before it gets crazy. Yep. And like, it's not a, you know, it's it's pretty dark, but I like, he's just like, I'm going to kill your family. I'm going to bash your kid with a hammer. It's like, holy shit, dude. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
mean, but it's also Justin Roiland saying it. It's yeah, it's real special. Like yeah. that is a special YouTube that will be in the show notes in case you don't know it. But oh, of course God. you do because I'm I'm like ten weeks behind and everything. But <laughs> yeah, it's fine. We've we've been out of commission for like a season, so it's 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 very good. Yeah. No, that's uh. Th- thank you for bringing that up because uh, it's one of my favorite things so far. Mm. Oh man, so far just like in life. <laughs> yes, it's very great. <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah. So you know the tower explodes. You get out. Uh, Chaz kind of says like, "Hey, I'm you know I haven't really done anything. I just kind of been <laughs> reacting to everything." Right. It's like a real crisis of confidence. Yeah. You know, I thought I killed Dark Force. He blows up. You know, it's <laughs> it's a he's still here. It doesn't matter what I do. Right. Uh, so everybody kind of encourages him. It's a pretty standard story beat. Right. Yeah. Um, and off in the distance, you see an explosion from around the Gumbius Temple. Um, yes. So Pokey, why have you forsaken me? Yes. Um, the blockheads are at it again. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you head over there, um, and uh, you know you see the. Oh, uh, so on your way back to the temple, rather. Hold, uh, hold on, one. Sorry to, to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. And this will be a slighted episode anyway. Did the Gumby? Did the blockheads on Gumby have a motivation? I think they were just, just like, dicks. They're real bad people, right? Like I yeah. remember being kind of scared of them as a mm-hmm. kid. <laughs> yeah, like, just being like, "Oh shit, those guys." Are I think it's a, I think it's like a gang violence kind of thing. Honestly, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like they're, like they're going to like Ray Bauer Gumby, <laughs> given the opportunity. Like, yeah, no, no. I I think that like in such a I mean it's a surreal show anyway. Like, and the fact that everything is clay. Like, I kind of just assume that they would turn him into some kind of like sexual apparatus. Oh sure, yeah. Like melt him down. I don't um. So this this is a, a a lot of words to say something pretty simple, but like so show notes for the show. Like uh, while we're doing the things, I write down things that end up in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And uh, astute listeners might know from me just saying like Ah Simpsons doesn't end up here anymore. House Leaves doesn't end up anywhere. I get a little bit sick of just kind of trying to look up new links of the same old things. Mm-hmm. And finding Simpsons clips is maddening. Yeah. And everybody, you know, you know the Simpsons. You don't need to be reminded of the Simpsons. So it's like I'm not saying it's a chore. It's not a big deal. Like I like doing them. However. Uh, just now when we, I wrote down blockheads on here, I had like the first time I've looked forward to looking up a show note thing in a very long time. <laughs> Cause usually show notes are things I know, like right. I'm going to put that, uh, that court case thing in there and, and I already know that's good. Right. Uh, but I just like, man, I'm going to revisit this terror from my childhood that I haven't thought about <laughs> in a really long time. Like I want to get to the bottom of these blockheads. I want to read the wiki. <laughs> yep. Like it's going to be kind of fun to do research on these, these cruel golems you know <laughs> but like the shitty thing is like you know you're, you're gonna see some stuff about the og like 60s 70s like you know super drug fueled one but you're also going to see like details about like the 2003 attempted cg reboot of gumby yeah um where you know it's very corporate very uh kind of like uh like oh we're gonna bring back felix the cat um very you know and uh it's gonna be it's gonna be like super scrubbed down and like the blockheads are there to provide contrast to teach you about the uh the power of friendship yeah yeah. But, you know, the 70s stuff is what I'll look at. Oh, I yeah. That's why I'm focused on. <laughs> I do want to know about Blackhead lore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. So <laughs> I wonder if there's a convention. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I I cannot even remember what we're doing. Oh, on your way back to the to the Gumbius Temple, um, <laughs> you see, uh, like, some of these towns with uh, with this dark force, the dark wave that is kind of uh, that that had been perpetuating the blizzard with this gone. Some of these towns are starting to rebuild. Which is actually, yeah, at some point, I don't know exactly when it happens in the chronology, but one of the towns that was falling apart opens up their perfume shop. Yeah. Which is the closest thing to like a useful one of these towns rebuilding because that's what dews are. Right. So Moondew, um, you know, Stardew and Sundew, mm-hmm. all of which are very useful except for kind of Sundew. 
Um, Moondoo is really good. It brings you back your uh, the dead. Mm-hmm. Stardew is really good because it's a heal all for the whole party. Yep. Um, Sundew actually like uh, revives everybody. I think. Or I don't, revives I don't, them. I don't to think Sundew works on everybody. I think it's a single. Oh, it's, it's a single one, but it like revives them to full health. I remember yeah. really leaning on Sundew a lot. Mm. I just I really wanted. I ended up buying tons of Stardew hmm. because giving anyone the you know ability to heal everybody meant that you know I didn't have to do single target heals and use up mm-hmm. all my offense. Yeah. The uh, the nice part is that um, you know when you do this, uh, like by the time you get here, uh, money is useless. Mm-hmm. So like you can just funnel all of your cash. Yeah, um, yeah. You know. Every every item you're gonna find, uh, it just in dungeons. Yeah. But yeah. Um. So when you get back to the Gumbia's Temple, like no, there's nothing but a crater. But like in the substrate beneath this, there is a bishop who kind of talks about, um, you know, kind of some more exposition, right? And says like, yes. oh, you know, he reveals that even though you've been fighting the dark force, there is something that stands behind him. This profound darkness that is using kind of dark force as its proxy in our world right and and has been this entire time right so every time you fought one of these agents of dark force in fantasy star you were actually fighting the profound darkness and never i was actually exposed to it right the names are really goofy and really on the nose but like it is you know this is the the mythology building if you're going yeah. to have a story where like it's just about big evil faceless forces uh which is already um you know not my favorite mm-hmm. but if you're going to do that um this this could be meaningful for a fan of the the series right you know like this is the actual man behind the curtain Mm-hmm. Um, it explains why Dark Horse keeps coming back. Yeah, it raises the stakes too. Like, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so at this point, um, the Landell uh, works again. The androids have been working on it, and so we can actually go back um, to Matavia, um, which is important because the bishop says, "Hey, you know, I know the name of the place that will actually like help you solve this, Rykros, but I do not know what Rykros is." Yes. Yeah. So you head to uh, to Landale. When you get there, you actually get a new vehicle, the airfoil, mm-hmm. which is the fastest vehicle you have. Right. Also, uh, the weakest very... in combat, which is a really interesting trade-off. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you're not going to be doing too much zooming around on on vehicles since mm-hmm. fast travel is so generous. Right. Um, which is nice. That kind of segues us into these side quests because there are probably people when we first talked about side quests in the last episode who are thinking about going to this town and then going to the place where you solve the quest and it being a real mm-hmm. pain in the ass. But your character almost starts with the fast travel spell. Yeah. Ryuka. Like travel is actually really kind. Yeah. In this game. And so you're just kind of zip 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 around yep. each of these places. Indeed. Um, so there are uh, four or five of these left and, you know, like they're kind of interesting and cool little stories. So let's uh, let's hit these because like they're all available once you get the airfoil. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the, the first one, uh, a stain in life. Um, so there's this chief on a remote remote island, uh, Uzo, um, the, uh, the pasta and or Greek booze. I can never remember. It's Greek booze. Yeah. OK. Um, what's the uh, pot- Orzo? I think um, Orzo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's looking for his two missing girls. He offers this really huge reward. Um, and you actually find out that uh, they left to go to the city uh, with the market at Aedo. Uh, um, and when you go to Aedo looking for them, uh, you find out that they're in jail. They're essentially spring breakers. 
Um, <laughs> so you had to post their bail, which is exactly as, mo- as much money as the <laughs> it's reward. It's like 50,000 Meseta, yeah. which is like, you know, like, oh, no. And what's funny is, like, when you go back and get your reward, like, Chad says, well, that's really unsatisfying. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another cool little flavor thing is the next one, Dying Boy. Um, sorry, Dying Boy is super I cool. I love Dying Boy. <laughs> dying Boy. Kid. Never get better, Dying Boy. Um, who's this This kid who's been sick for a while, uh, but there's nothing physically wrong with him anymore. He's just kind of lost hope. Um, and so you actually have to go to this tourist town and buy like a fake replica um, uh, Alice sword, right? Like uh, from mm-hmm. the town where the... Uh, where the Alice statue is. And when you bring it back, it's like, oh, yeah, the, the heroes exist. Everything's going to be great. And he's all better. And then he, he goes on to fight monsters in heaven after he dies. He's <laughs> anyway. Oh, uh, man. For all their technology, they could not, they, 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 they did not figure out tumors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the tumor control center is out of control. <laughs> um, man with a twist. Uh, so the in the village of Tornico, uh, is under seized by rappy birds. Mm-hmm. These guys. I'm a uh, bird, and I'm here to say I eat seeds in a special way. It's real good. Um, <laughs> so the client uh, here sends you to this cave uh, that is filled with these rappy birds in order to kill their king. <laughs> um, and when you get them on the ropes, the client says, uh, "No, you can't go through with this. Um, you know, don't don't let the king die." Um, he was using this to show us uh, <laughs> that getting rid of birds was futile. <laughs> yep. Getting rid of these these creatures was actually futile. Yeah, like he just somebody like, patronized us real good. <laughs> yep. No, he's like like he, he he was in charge of like uh, solving this problem. He's like, well, you know, I don't. I a I like these birds, and b I like can people get off my dick? So I'll hire some hunters and send them in to die. Yeah, and thought that you wouldn't make it. Right. Which is which is real cool. And then says, no, no, no. It was to show you that you shouldn't. All life is good. Friendship is important. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty um, great. And so the last one, like the one that's actually like, uh, you know, a big deal is uh, the Silver Soldier, which uh, you get a contract for this town um, that is kind of being attacked by these Ren bots, right? Mm-hmm. By by these other androids. Um, and, uh, you know, you find out that they're coming from this Vahal fort. Um, and Demi, you know, Demi tells us like, oh, yeah, like they actually they're the ones who attacked the plate system. Like there's some AI that is uh, that is trying to, like, dominate other AIs on the planet. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, so this fort is being controlled uh, by this uh, this AI called Daughter, um, who does not realize that she's not connected to anything. Right. Which that's a super cool <laughs> little like not I have no mouth and I must scream, but like I have less mouth and I must whimper or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Right. Um, yeah. So and, you could do this kind of boss fight at the end here. Yeah. Like she, you know, she attacks you with with uh, with her dominators, which are again are just another uh, more more Ren bots. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this is like it's it's Daughter because like she's related to Mother Brain. Um, an yes. AI from a previous game. So like this is just, again, straight up like a transplant from a previous entry in the series. Yep. And Ren Mercy kills her. Right. At the end. So th- this is pretty cool. Like it is, uh, I like the way that side quests are handled in this. Mm-hmm. They're not very organic. I, but I again, just, compare like them with being nothing. From a list. Then, yeah. Yeah. Like, the, like usually this is not a thing for RPGs of this vintage to have side quests. Mm-hmm. Or JRPGs of this vintage to have side quests. So like yeah. being able to just kind of have them here at all and just be able to have them all in one place. Like, I like that more than just scouring the towns, talking to every single person and hoping somebody says something, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I really dig it. Like, and I'm even a big fan of like when this happens in like Final Fantasy 12, like mm-hmm. the like the bounty missions where you get those huge oh, yeah. rewards by going and killing those monsters. Like, I like a list of quests, <laughs> you know, I, I have so many problems with Final Fantasy 12, but it's not gambits or bounties. Right. Like, I like both those things quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so moving on to the story, we're back in Motivia. There's one place that we've kind of seen off in the distance, like a, like an island with a temple on it that's kind of across some water. Um, we can use the airfoil to get there, um, and we have to go through this cave to get to the soldier's temple. And we find this explorer, like this new party member waiting outside. His name is uh, uh, Seth, right? And mm-hmm. he's kind of this old Indiana Jones type um, who is uh, suspiciously combat talented, has strange powers, and is very effusive with his praise. Like he is, uh, he is sucking up on your knob. He's slopping it's, your knob. It's so weird. <laughs> like, this is such a weird, like this probably could have been excised uh, in its entirety. <laughs> I like how it pays off though. <laughs> No, no, I like it too. It's just very strange. Again, pacing wise, like mm-hmm. it's pretty weird. Yeah. Um, so you go through this kind of long combat dungeon uh, with him. There's nothing really there. But when you get to the center, uh, you find this arrow prism, which was going to point you towards Rykros. Right. Um, and once you take this arrow prism outside, it shines this huge beam of light up into space, pointing the way, <laughs> which is pretty cool. How lucky are they that it didn't shoot down through the planet? Yeah. <laughs> because like, oh, I guess we have to dig. Yeah. <laughs> or just it shatters the planet then at that point or just like, you know, cores the entire uh, Batavia. Um, but Seth, however, uh, was a seedbed. He was a puss of man <laughs> right. for, for Dark Force. Yeah, he was uh, he was taken over and he uh, he screams and tries to take it uh, take the uh, prism away from you. And Dark Force uh, bursts out of him in his most human form to date. Yep. <laughs> I love that so much because I prefer to think that he's just like a dude who was corrupted. I I think that this would have worked really, really well if like this was a party member who had left and then came back. Like what if this was Grizz? Oh shit. You know, like Grizz had been up to some shit while you were gone, Mm -hmm. you know, so it didn't feel so suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you had something to compare it to because everything I know about Seth is he's a shady motherfucker. (laughs) Yep. It's like, it's, it's it's like uh, Bagan or Bygan. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Bygan's a really good uh, comparison. So, I mean, it just would have been really cool if this was somebody I cared about, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to just a, a rando who just came in. Right. Um, yeah, um, and this is, uh, you're fighting Dark Force, and he's got the same spells that uh, that uh, um, Seth had, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. he can cast uh, Corrosion on you, like, and, you know, this was a way for you to clear out the entire path here, and now he's turning it back on you. Also, he has debuffs, which uh, yes. kind of, like, this starts happening, especially kind of, like, towards the end game, like, oh, I just need to reset, and this is, we haven't talked about, we haven't talked about macros for a while, like, if you just set up a macro with, like, your opening gambit, that's, that that is the way for you in one stroke to uh to get everything set back up yeah um so you beat you beat him and we can head to rykros now right and we can follow this beam of light in the landale uh to this strange invisible planet uh Mm -hmm. that is not which i i I like the idea of an invisible planet yeah uh this crystalline Um, like uh, a place that is filled with spires that has this incredibly eccentric orbit so it only shows up like every 1000 years when this crisis is this is this is pretty great yeah I'm, i'm into this and even these dungeons are pretty chill yeah, yeah, like they're they're not annoying to navigate or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, when we get to the space court port, uh, space uh, court, dong dong, space port, yes, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Uh, shows up. We run into La Roof. La Roof, come on. Uh, we're supposed to think this guy's cool. Uh, he knows what's going on, but we had to prove ourselves because video game, right? Um, and so, like in a very video game fashion, there are two towers. Um, that we have to go to um, and beefy's guardians right the kind of some of the last sentient beings on this planet um, uh, one is strength tower the other is courage tower um, and they're kind of set up or you know played off especially in their bosses um, to be like you know to, to, to face you with different kinds of challenges uh, but they mm-hmm. feel roughly the same it's worth exploring them they're very brief but um, you're going to find like a lot of your end game equipment yes um, in these uh, in yeah. these places yeah. so strength tower has a uh, devar's 
um, <laughs> at the uh, the end, which is before uh, Eldavars mm-hmm. came out. Okay, um, thank you. And then the uh, Salus uh, mm-hmm. is the Courage Tower, and they they're roughly analog- uh, analogous with uh, physical attacks and magic. Right. So you can kind of just keep up the appropriate barrier and fight these not too difficult bosses. Yeah. But again, you get these like really this really great treasure at the end. And eventually, um, is it the roof that gives you them, or is it the is it after the bosses? They get uh, these rings. Mm, I for, I forget. <laughs> I think it's after the bosses. I don't think okay. Larouf gives them to you. I think he just gives you exposition. Mm, yeah. Um. So you get these uh, rings afterwards. They're named after the planets in the solar system. Right. And they're huge buffs. Like they're really really good items. Mm-hmm. And there are five of them, which you're going to need in these final encounters. Yeah. Like they they help you survive in the void where profound darkness um, yes. is at. Um, and LaRouf gives us some bonus exposition, actually talking about um, this uh, eternal struggle between the uh, the great light and the profound darkness, and the fact that your entire solar system is basically a seal um, that the great light has put in place to keep the, pro- the profound darkness out of this realm. And after the planet of Parma, again, Parma meaning shield, blew up, that kind of created this fissure that over the past thousand years, the, the profound darkness has been exploiting to kind of like worm his way in. Yeah. And and if you're if you're following along with the series, this is so badass, right? Because you know Parma does mean shield. That's always been the name of the the planet. So mm-hmm. like I don't know how much of this was planned. If this was, you know, literally in mind in mm-hmm. Fantasy Star One, but I think they were talking about the, uh, the it was a reference to the suburb of Cleveland. Oh okay. No, yeah, it's then, not. I'm... That's not the uh, <laughs> yeah, aka the shield of Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. if, if anything ever happens, that town uh, protects them from locked. Akron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, AK dash RON Akron Akron. But the uh, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. Like this is such a cool like recontextualize recontextualizing this area that you've spent a bunch of time on if you've mm-hmm. been following the series. Yeah, really like that. Yep. And so, kind of your call to action here is like, okay, you need to be agents of the great light. Um, and Chaz, you know, who watched his best friend and mentor and older sister figure, whatever, die at the hands of Zio, who was an agent of the profound darkness, doesn't want to do that. Like, he doesn't play, like, I'm just going to be a tool of this force that kind of I don't understand. And I'm pretty sure doesn't actually care about me. Yes. Like, he saw this. So, he is playing a nice parallel with Zio. Mm hmm. Where Zio was promised something by his gigantic evil force and just ended up having his armor explode, <laughs> you know, and dying. Um, he's just like, you know, this, I don't want to reject myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, you know, he puts his, uh, his Spider-Man costume in the garbage can and walks away. <laughs> um, but eventually, you know, so, you know, you, you, at this point, it's like, oh, I'm not going to do it. Of course he's going to do it. But right. we have, you know, it, it lasts longer than a cutscene. <laughs> and roll credits. Eventually you, yes. <laughs> um, you go to, uh, you go to Esper Mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Rune is saying like, no, no, I know I've been hard on you, but you have to do this. Let's head on down to the Sacred Sword Cave mm-hmm. down here. Yes. And you do a, like a short dungeon with just Chaz. Right. You know, because like this is you traveling into the heart of darkness to retrieve the, uh, the sword, Elsidian. Uh, yes. Um, and while you're here, you get these visions of previous fantasy star heroes. Right doing their version of this fight again, like really pretty cool. Like yeah. kind of paying tribute to this, this being the finale of the wrapping everything up. Yeah. And so I didn't have the history for this, like, but I still recognize that that's what was happening. Yeah. And like, it, it does feel like a culmination. Like it is, it is tying this stuff together in a, in a, in a pretty satisfying way. So like, I don't, you know, in, in a way I don't feel like I have to play those first two to like get the mm-hmm. full weight of this. Um, yeah. And just, I think that that speaks to how either how basic and elementary this, these beats are, or just how effective they are conveying it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also this side quest here. It's in the notes. I didn't actually do this. 
it's super uh, basic. So there's another tower along with strength and anger, um, or sorry, sorry, strength and courage called the anger tower, um, which again has more end game, um, uh, items and stuff. But when you get to the top, um, it's just Chaz alone. And there's, you know, the guardian there, uh, is a real dick to Chaz and he makes you fight this, uh, kind of illusory version of Alice, right? You have to fight her and kill her yourself. And this is kind of for a purpose, um, to kind of like tempt you and get you into this, you know, really, you know, like a, like a rage almost and say like, Hey, do you want the ultimate power to destroy things, to get what you, you know, to, to, to do what you need to do? If you say yes, you get this near hopeless boss fight. Like I wasn't able to do anything with it. If you mm-hmm. say no, instead he teaches you Megiddo or Med- Megiddo yes. or something like that. Um, and with kind of the lesson, like, Hey, anger is something you can harness, which seems like a really, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's an emotionally realistic um yeah message uh but not super friendly to children who might be playing this <laughs> yeah that's not something kids should know but something adults should know yeah <laughs> yeah use it use it to like jog um <laughs> it's the jogging technique um yeah. warm up your hammies and go <laughs> yeah but this but is I, it's, it's like learning ultima yes yeah and and by this point like i could have done it i was also just kind of like pretty ready to be done mm-hmm. uh so i didn't end up doing it but i you know i knew it from when i was younger mm-hmm. so um, so we're at the end, kind of end game here. Um, there is a, uh, so Profound Darkness, we actually find this hole that he's kind of creeping up through Alga, Algo. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, which or is into cool. uh, Motavia. Like oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's through, not like yeah, a black from, hole that he's like extending tentacles through. Like he is climbing through the planet. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's physical. And when you, uh, so you're on your way there um, and we have this uh, this Final Fantasy four moment. <laughs> where everybody comes back all your old friends are here yeah this is a great moment mechanically i yeah. really really dig this because you know they all come to meet you at the uh, the spaceport here um han grizz demi raja and kira and you know you've got five rings uh but only four of you are there you get to pick who you want to bring mm-hmm. into the final dungeon yeah which i it's usually you can just kind of choose your party throughout the entire thing or your party's not chosen you know you never get to choose your party right you always end up doing with this weird- edge and yeah it's it's kind of using that that mechanics change to make a difference, mm-hmm. you know, like it, you get that relief of seeing everybody like, oh, there's there's Grizz, that weird old owl faced <laughs> baboon, um, you know, uh, that's pretty cool. But you also get to think back like on how they fight and what their styles are and which one you think would be most useful mm-hmm. uh, here. So I also chose Raja. Raja seems like the, the most obvious choice, but yeah. I've looked online for other strategies and like they're all pretty viable. Right. Um, Han is really good. At this yeah. point, he gains he's, a lot he's forged of, himself a new weapon, so he actually yeah. ends up being able to hold his own with that. And then uh, Grizz is just like a beast. Yeah, um, I feel like Kyra is not good for you no matter what. Right. Um, um, and, and Demi is another another option for um, uh, for healing. heals and yeah. stuff. But like with Raja's Ataraxia spell, like I was just I was so comfortable with his role. Um, yeah. And like knowing that I could you know rely on him um, yeah. with that, so like it just it kind of felt like a no brainer. But I was very happy to have the option. Yeah, and I want to hear cool priest stories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to hear your incomprehensible jokes, old man. Yeah. <laughs> Walking corpse. <laughs> Dust pile. Hey, piece of shit. Um, <laughs> and uh, this is really great, this dungeon here. Because mm-hmm. it's all, the layout's very simple. It's all the long hallways mm-hmm. uh, as you step into this hole. But it's this area called the edge, which is this trippy, psychedelic, like, invisible floors, like, beautiful colors, you know. Kind of thing that reminded me of like the end of Earthbound. Yeah, um, is <laughs> either the end of Earthbound or the beginning of any uh, like pirated Amiga game where like somebody in the demo scene made like a crazy pulsing music. Oh thing. sure, yeah, yeah, LSD, <laughs> the the adventure or whatever that game was called. Yeah, 
<laughs> but you're going through here and uh, you know again it is kind of like a regular thing but you actually get to the core of it and find the profound darkness himself Um, and this is kind of a riff. Like you end up finding something very similar to this at the end of every Fantasy Star. Mm -hmm. um, this one has more phases and just kind of goes more extreme. Right. Um, the uh, it is just this like huge Lovecraftian Shoggoth like teeth and claws and biomatter. Right. Like sure. like it is. It, it fills the entire screen. It is just a wall of claws and teeth at the start. Yes. And as you kind of like fight it and harden it, it actually gets more coherent. Yes, as opposed to becoming more monstrous. Right. Which is pretty great. <laughs> until eventually, in its third stage, it looks kind of like an angel. Right. Um, and it gains more kind of like sophisticated attacks as well. Mm -hmm. um, it can start like removing your buffs, uh, which is a real pain. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah. But yeah, it's, it. it's, it's really like a, um, it's a very effective marathon, like a, like a resource management kind of tax. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really just like the only tactic here is to keep everybody up. Right. Like, you don't want to waste turns reviving if you can help it. It still happened, but, like, just really try to keep everybody up. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, yeah, when you defeat him, everything is good. <laughs> like, everything can return to normal. Yeah. There's no huge ending speech. It is just you You have defeated the uh, the opponents of the Great Light. Yeah. And and everybody's, you know, it's kind of like that, that sense where it's like it's goodbye. Mm -hmm. um, you know? Everybody is kind of bummed out. They're all going to go home and go back to real life and have that come down. Um, but there's only one spaceship, so nobody can kind of hang out. Right. You know, like, we actually have to drop you off. This is goodbye. Um, you know, Chaz says goodbye to Rune. They kind of shake hands. <laughs> there's, like, a newfound respect. Yes. You know, between yeah. the two of them. Um, Rune goes off to Dizolus to live with these espers. Right. And kind of probably just be their god. Like, rule <laughs> yeah. over them as, like, megaluts. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Rika and Ren are heading back off. To the space station, and then Rika changes her mind and leaps off the, uh, the airship. Mm -hmm. They hang out with Chaz. It's it's like a kind of romantic, yeah, thing. And Which... the, the actual image of that is really nice. Like oh, I yeah, like this super... frame of her jumping out of the, the plane. Yeah, like jumping into a hug. Like it's it, it's it's super endearing. Yeah. Um, the way the the way that it happens. Um, and I'm super happy that like they were not building that to a romance. Like, yeah, <laughs> like there was business to take care of. Like they both kind of served their roles in the party and just like she made a decision about where she wanted to spend the rest of her life. Like it was not like it was building up to that. Like it kind of surprised you with this with this moment of like emotional resonance between the two of them. Yeah, because like Chaz is sad that all of his that, that all of his friends are gone. But then, you know, maybe there's this other this, the, you know, this other person or another reason he's sad to see them go. Yeah. yeah. And it works, too, because it's like the game has been such kind of a hangout game mm -hmm. with these people. Like, these beats work yeah. for the characters. I mean, this is and this isn't unique to Fantasy Star. Like, this is my favorite thing about the endings of, like, every Final Fantasy game, too. Mm -hmm. It's where you just check in on your people. Yeah. You know, and it's it's just, it's very sweet. Yeah, played to a huge extreme in, uh, like, Earthbound. Yeah, yeah. It's very, yeah, it's, it's it's just kind of, like, sweet and good-hearted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and in the mythology, like, you know, what I was talking about, I was kind of bummed out that this series transformed into Fantasy Star Online, like... This solves it. Yep. 
like the profound darkness is gone, like you actually win. It's, <laughs> it's not a cycle that's going to start over again. It's like actually just done. Yeah. You did it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's Fantasy Star 4. Like we end with, uh, you know, they add another verse onto the uh, the poem that begins the, uh, that begins the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything is happy ever after. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so <laughs> exactly. Uh, so wrap up thoughts like Gary, where, like, where are you at with this? Um, I really like it. The um, I think that like the things that it does, the things that it does poorly, uh, I see a lot of in most games of this vintage. Mm-hmm. The things that it does well, I don't. You know, so like the problems I have with this, like the too many random encounters, the kind of shittily designed dungeons, uh, I have those problems with my favorite games of all time too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like there aren't dead ends in Final Fantasy VI dungeons. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my favorite Final Fantasy. So like that's just kind of like a lot of the problems get swept under the rug. The things that are really cool that like hangout vibe. Um, like I said, the, uh, the kind of like the macros, the vehicles, the, the talk option, all those little unique things, um, that I haven't seen somewhere else just end up giving it a lot of goodwill, uh, Mm -hmm. for me. The weird thing is that like, when I think about like, it's, it's all like the people that I think about that, but kind of make it like the characters that I end up liking. And mm-hmm. even from when I was young, like I played it when I was younger, like the things I remember are the characters. The actual plot is a really poorly constructed mess. Oh yeah. Where like, it just needs to focus and it, <laughs> it doesn't, it has this weird feeling of like not being able to structure increasing threats. Mm-hmm. So you have this constant sense of being pulled away from, you know, the task at hand Yeah. to do other things. And it just, it makes it paced really weird. And seeing that a game is, badly paced and that when it's a 25 hours ERPG is <laughs> just very strange, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like usually with that little chronological real estate, you would kind of have more kind of twist and turns the plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the twist and turns happen, but they all feel like they're coming from different video games. Right. Like you're constantly doing the thing that was the final problem with other games. Right. Specifically within the same series. Yeah. So. Like, oh, it's it's a rogue AI. <laughs> like you know, that that's not, I mean it's always Dark Force. You know, yeah. so it always ends up being Dark Force that does it. But mm-hmm. like a rogue AI that controls a planet going mad is a final boss of a video game. Yeah. You know, that feels like a a final encounter. Mm-hmm. And they just end up being these kind of like multiple climaxes that happen that make it feel real weird. Yeah. On revisiting. It just I, I was explaining this to somebody as like the the whole back half of this game feels like it's made up of Towers of Babel. Yeah. A little bit, which, you know, I don't know, just, I, I want to let you com, com, complete yours because that leads that leads a little bit into my and into the into where I ended up with this. Like when we talked about this, you know, kind of like when we were in between like we'll get like getting ready for Austin. I think I was more negative on it back then. And what's happening is like it's it's almost like a really kind of like compressed nostalgia mm-hmm. is like when I was hot off the heels of this, I was so over it. Um, yeah. And I was like, I recognize the good things, but there was just kind of like, you know, it's not even like it was, you know, antagonism or that I was, you know, kind of like upset with it or thought that it was objectively worse than anything. Like, I just I didn't have any nostalgia for it. So it was kind of like a solid like, yes, this is a 16 bit JRPG um, and I didn't really feel much of anything about it. Yeah. As it's gotten, you know, as it's kind of like disappearing into the rearview rear mirror, what's happening with this more than other games that I've covered for the show um, is that kind of like that grit and like the things that are kind of like unpleasant about it are falling away. And what's mm-hmm. left is like the stuff that kind of shines. Like talking through it again has actually been kind of like 
you know, and, and, and the fact that we kind of really focused on the positives, the, the positives of this and, br- and brushed over all of the stuff that was kind of like, geez, end it, please. Um, you know, has actually like been like playing through it again, but only seeing the good parts of it and talking about it and just kind of like sussing out like, hey, this is something, this is something really cool that it's done in a way that like, you know, experience experiencing it again afterwards, you know, by not playing it has actually like lifted it in, in, in regard to my eyes in a way that doesn't usually happen with games that we cover. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and that's the, what you're describing is what is the reason why nobody, people who love 16 bit JRPGs who mm-hmm. like, I feel like that's, that's a, that's a big part of nostalgia for it. Oh yeah. Like is, it's like, is papering over those parts. Like, yeah. and, and we don't truck with that. Right. Like, so part of the show <laughs> is that like, we don't, uh, we're not talking about like just sitting around talking about our memories. Right. You know, we, we just played the fucking thing. So like, <laughs> you know, even something that is, is really great. Like even earthbound has that goddamn sewer level and it's awful <laughs> and nothing changes the fact that it's awful. It's just what you choose to remember. Right. And when it's like fresh in memory, like it comes up, uh, this game, you know, has like lots of earthbound sewer level mm-hmm. to it, you know, that, that definitely exists in it. But it's kind of neat to be able to have that. Like, I think the way you, maybe what you're picking up on that feeling that you're getting is that like, this is a, this is this is like one of those like kind of 16 bit classic JRPGs. Mm-hmm. You know, it does a lot of that stuff. It's it's trying to do that. It's intentional that it's making you feel that nostalgia mm-hmm. for it and paper over the bad parts. Yeah. You know. And so you know, I, I feel I feel like that that sense of compressed nostalgia, like that cycle, is earned. You mm-hmm. know, on both sides, like, I don't, I don't think I can buy it dishonestly. I don't think the game can buy it dishonestly, but like, if we had this conversation two weeks ago, I think it actually would have been a very different episode. Actually. Yeah. It's, it's, it, you, you when you're actually in it and same thing with me too. Like when I was, as much as I, I like this game a lot, um, in the moment, like there's so many parts where it's just like, oh, I'm just going to have to go through this stupid fucking dungeon, <laughs> you know, and, and fight these things and these fights that are like interesting kind of grading on a curve, but are ultimately less interesting than than almost any other video game I play, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a JRPG and that's what they do. Yeah. You know, um, and in the moment it's excruciating mm-hmm. for me, yeah. but it's almost like it's, it's a little bit like that's kind of what the series does too, because in two, you know, two has the teleporter trap shitty dungeons that are unplayable today. But when you think back on it, you think about knee dying and you think about like, I think a lot about the music and kind of the setting, like, in two, you have cloning labs instead of extra, like when your characters die, hmm. they get cloned from their DNA. Oh, wow. Um, rather than like, a, you know, a Phoenix Down or something. It's really cool. Hmm. Um, I think about those things rather than those shitty parts. Yeah. Um, and even the first one, it's like things are more notable for the cool things they do, this series specifically, for those kind of cool, important historical things than it is for, you know, the actual experience. Yeah. Which is a little bit like JRPG.txt, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. But, you know, I I, th- I think that <laughs> just that this is confirming our suspicions and our feelings about the uh, about the genre um, yeah. kind of speaks to this as like this kind of weird kind of forgotten paragon of it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing, too, is I, I have this like sense of rooting for the underdog. Yeah. About the Fantasy Star series where it's like oh, nobody ever talks about this. We didn't even talk about this in the episode, but how good is the music in this game? That's pretty good. Like that opening theme is real. Like I love I really like it. Like mm-hmm. the fake industrial guitars <laughs> and stuff like it doesn't it's using a sound palette that is appropriate to the setting yeah and it's using uh, a sound palette that's appropriate to the system too yeah totally actually. like it plays to its strengths um you know quite a bit like i really like the soundtrack for this game yeah um it just kind of it i don't know it, i have a lot of goodwill for this thing because <laughs> nobody ever talks about it like it's yeah. you know 
And they should. Like, if you're up there and you're just like, <laughs> I love Chrono Trigger and Earthbound and Final Fantasy IV and Final Fantasy VI, like, you can throw a little Fantasy Star Four in there. Yeah. It's a, it's easy to hold of, too. Like, you know, you can get it in that big, weird Steam morass of uh, Sega Genesis Classics stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like $2.50 or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's practically free. Yeah. So definitely um, high recommendation. I really like it, mm-hmm. you know. And if you, uh, again, if you're like, for, I liked it even being the person that I am that like finds this genre really hard to go back to. Mm-hmm. If you're a person who like loves going back to this genre and you haven't played this, then I am envious of you because there is like yeah. <laughs> a really classic example of your favorite type yeah. of game. You know, you like, touched. you're in that dream where like you find a secret door in your apartment and like there's a whole new like room that you've never yeah. seen. Yeah. yeah. You've never explored this. So like, I think you'll dig it. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad we did it for the show. Me too. Um, um, high yeah. five, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Go us. Um, so yeah, so thank you. If you, it is too late for Fantasy Star. Next week, we'll be reading your responses and you guys came out in force. So mm-hmm. uh, it is not, don't feel bad that it's too late or we don't feel bad that it's too late. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of responses, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have anything to say about Team Fortress 2, um, head to duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to play Team Fortress 2 with us, there is still time, I believe. Yes, there absolutely is. Um, we have the we have the server up for like two months, so um, I don't know how much we're going to be playing it after the uh, after we cover it for the show. But like, I'm having a good enough time that like it might be like a, a semi regular occurrence. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely fun. So, um, what is the web address for the uh, has all the information? Uh, that is duckfeed.tv slash tf two. Absolutely, check yeah. that out. Yeah. Um, um, what else? After that, uh, we are going to be covering Toe Jam and Earl. Um, continuing the uh, the weird summer slash fall of Genesis, uh, the original kind of like weird, slow, bizarre roguelike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, uh, not the side scroller, although I want to talk about the side scroller a little bit. I'll, I'll probably, I mean, depending on, I can't remember how long Toe Jam and Earl is. Oh, if it's as short, short as I, I suspect it is, I might play through two as well because mm-hmm. I've never beat two. Yeah. Um, I just remember not liking it as mm. much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Sega's, Sega's uh, every time Sega tried to make a mascot that wasn't a Sonic character, <laughs> yeah. it was weird. Yep. And uh, yeah. he's right up there with Yakuza Joe <laughs> and and Rolf. Um, Rolf. Yeah. The, um, um, yeah, so we're talking about that. After that, we're talking about Super Mario Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, in in a way that it's not intentional to be like, here are all these Sega also rans. <laughs> Bam, here's, you know. Here's the the you know one of the best series of all time. Just kind of show them how it's done. Uh, <laughs> notice that we're not doing like Sonic, like a modern Sonic game in that point. <laughs> right. We're not capping it off with a Sonic game because we don't hate ourselves. Right. Um, the uh, modern Sonic game mm-hmm. that is not meant to be as inflammatory as it was. <laughs> um, yeah. So then we're doing Mario Galaxy. I'm super excited about that. Me too. As well. Got my copy um, of it. It's uh, in the next room over. Yeah. And we have really cool stuff uh, for the fall. We kind of have like lots of games kind of planned out mm-hmm. and things we want to do that are going to trickle in. So. Yeah. So we're super, uh, super happy to have you along for that. Thank you for listening. And, uh, you know, the usual ways that you can help us out. We have the Patreon, which is a way to give money to us directly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, uh, gets you some cool stuff in return, like access to our Slack channel, which just recently turned one year old. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, it's like Rico. Um, <laughs> the, uh, another way you can give back. If you go to duckfeed.tv forward slash tip jar, um, you can either, uh, buy things on the Amazon link or just directly donate. We don't actually talk about that, but every once in a while, someone's just like, here's 20 bucks. Yeah. We really appreciate that. We do. Um, yeah. You can also, if you want something in exchange for that, you can go to duckfeed.tv forward slash store mm-hmm. and buy premium episodes yeah. and music and, and all that jazz as yeah. well. We've got a really big uh, catalog of premium ep- episodes on there. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Gary, we're both streaming. Yes. Yeah. Um, I started doing some more streaming. I'm actually, uh, after I record this, 
this will go up on YouTube at some point. Uh, I think mm-hmm. me and Brayton Cameron are going to uh, stream Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Ooh, nice. Um, which will be really fun. And then I started a channel. I kind of put it down to travel for Austin. I'm going to pick it back up. Yep. Of doing weird uh, NES games. Hmm. So I started an NES Oddities uh, stream thing. Nice. Um, that I'm halfway through playing Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom, mm-hmm. uh, which is a game I have a lot of affection for and is actually bad. Uh, <laughs> upon, upon revisiting, um, it is uh, it is an adventure game chock full of arbitrary triggers. Hmm. Um, so look at talk to this guy and something totally unrelated happens on the other side of town. Yeah, shit. The video game. Yeah. Um, but is full of like flavor, like their salady brother. <laughs> <laughs> salady. Yeah. Um, and then I'm continuing to do uh to do hexcrank. Uh, you can go to hexcrank.com and uh, see those articles and those article shares. And uh, a fixture of that has been these hexcrank live things. Um, as we're recording, I'm uh, I'm rounding the bend on Galarians, a really bizarre uh PlayStation survival horror game. Um, and, uh, coming up, we've got like code Veronica, the Resident Evil game, and also Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare. Um, so some of those might be in progress as you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anything that gets covered on Hexcrank does not mean it will not get covered on Watch Out for Fireballs. Correct. So if you're... I'm not signing off to never play Resident Evil 3 or Code Veronica for the show. Oh, for sure. No, I, I'm, I'm definitely not doing that. So if you're saying like, hey, Cole's okay, but I, I'm really here for Gary, um, do not lose hope. Or not even that, or you want like you want the treatment of the episode as opposed yeah, to yeah. like a live stream, which is a less <laughs> considered affair kind of by definition. You know, yep. yeah. it's a experiential. So the uh, but it cold concentrating on uh, survival horror is not the same thing as me giving up on survival horror because <laughs> right. I also it's like one of those things where uh, it's like he's the Raja of it, but I am uh, you're the Demi. I'm the Demi of it. <laughs> like I also really like survival horror. Mm-hmm. You know, I just haven't dedicated my fucking life to it. <laughs> <laughs> so i i also want i like it when we do survival horror episodes for the show oh, i still oh, yeah. want to play more survival horror Definitely. resident evil is also one of my favorite series so <laughs> it is uh I, those will still show up on this this program yeah with regularity mm-hmm. so um for sure yeah i think that's probably about good uh ratings reviews all that stuff is good yeah. um we still have we've been recording for four and a half hours and we still have more time to record <laughs> so we're gonna let go but yeah. uh until next time what should they watch out for cole yeah, everything's kind of tied up Nothing anger? to watch out for. Yeah, watch out for. Watch well, out no, for anger. yeah, anger's fine. Yeah, anger's good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, this works for me. <laughs> um, let's cruise through these. I need to get a euro or I'm going to die. <laughs>